Many of us live our lives according to a certain mantra. Too many cooks spoil the broth. The more the merrier. Everything happens for a reason. My mantra in life has always been nothing ventured, nothing gained. And it resonates in my mind every time there is a crazy, difficult, seemingly impossible situation that presents itself in front of me. Hi Nidhi, hi Global Desis. Hey Rituthi, how are you? How's everything going? What's up? What's new? So, so many things, right? So, I just got back from a girl's trip to Vegas. For those of you who have been following us on Instagram, know that I'm just not a Vegas kind of person. You know, the the party, the -the over-the-top everything, it's just not my scene. So... But I have to tell you this, I surprised myself on this trip and I actually loved Vegas. So (laughs) it really was a big deal for me. I enjoyed Vegas thoroughly this time and I'll tell you why. I guess it's because I discovered the adult side of it. And, you know, before leaving for Vegas, I spoke to you and got some tremendous records from you. And I'm sure that definitely helped. But also what we did was this time we went with some girls who go to Vegas regularly. Like these are girls who go to Vegas maybe as often as once a quarter, just to unplug. So that helped a lot, I think, because, you know, what they shared with us was things they do, which is not what one would think of Vegas, right? So what did we do? We There was the typical, some, some things were typical Vegas. You just can't get away from them, right? We did the limo ride. We did some shows, but... What was so amazing was these um, new things that I did. Number one, I discovered the restaurant scene in Vegas. Oh my God, so, so cool. And then we went uh, to see chain smokers up close and personal. And I think that has to be one of my favorite parts. So baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your Rover That I know you can't afford Bite that tattoo on your shoulder Pull the sheets right off the corner of the they were so good and they played for three hours straight i mean just loved it and honestly i loved me some girlfriend time and like i said the food scene there was seriously legend so you're talking about the food scene tell me what was your favorite restaurant There were quite a few, but I'll tell you, my favorite was uh, this French restaurant off the strip called Partage by Chef Yuri Swazeski. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. But he was on the Food Network show and he was a chopped champion for an episode called Bold Over. And you'll understand in a few minutes why I picked that as my favorite joint. No, Nidhi, I was going to say, I know you can probably do a full episode on Vegas. So let me turn this over to you and ask you what are some of your favorite things when you go to Vegas, aka your second home? So, I mean, as you said, that if I start about Vegas, I think we can probably do a full episode. It's like the number of times that we've been there. (laughs) But, and we'll talk about it on one of our episodes. I think we should do like a full episode on like breakdown of Vegas and what to do and stuff. But besides the regular things that people do, for example, like gambling or going across and seeing all those hotels, beautiful hotels, like beautiful lobbies and all of that. 
I think one thing that I always enjoyed in Vegas is the spa time. I think I've been to almost most of the spas in Vegas and they are just amazing. A very good time to pamper yourself. I would say I think I really like the Bellagio spa. I think that and Caesars actually, Caesars. So the girls I was telling you who go to Vegas very regularly, they told me the exact same thing. They said spas in Vegas are the best thing. They make it a point to spend at least half a day on every trip they make and they were telling me about Caesars and they also mentioned the Arya spa which they liked I think they have a Turkish bath the hammam and they said it was phenomenal so if you haven't checked that out maybe you should add it to your list for next time is it Arya I think Caesars has it I don't know I'm, I might be getting confused but anyway. maybe multiple places who knows I know but beautiful beautiful spas and then I mean obviously the shows are really nice one of my favorite places there also a French restaurant actually Joe Rabuchon I think is yes. how you pronounce it and the last time I went there it's it's awesome like when I went there I was actually a vegetarian and that's a whole different story and a whole different episode I can talk about how I go between being a vegetarian and a non-vegetarian but um, <laughs> Yeah, I think the food there was like phenomenal, very delicate flavors and very, very tasty. But yeah, we can actually, Ritu Didi, sit and have a full episode on Vegas, I think. But while you were in Vegas last weekend, I was home. And while you were enjoying the food by one of the Chopped champions, I was actually watching Chopped Impossible on Food Network. And this is something I wanted to share with you. This time, the mystery basket was like ridiculous. So they asked the contestants to make... Uh, a dessert and dessert out of you know what the ingredients in the mystery basket were a meat sandwich no ostrich yeah ostrich egg balsamic vinaigrette and chunky peanut butter oh. and I was like how do you make a dessert with those ingredients yeah how did they do it I don't know I mean I mean they came up with things but I can't even imagine I mean I love chopped I love the thrill around it and I love the judges yes the judges and our favorite, Manit Chahan, is actually one of them. So, GDs, your girls actually got lucky. We got a chance to interview this powerhouse of a woman. And we can't wait to share the episode with y'all. Yes, listeners, get ready to know Manit, the woman who can do it all up close and personal. And this interview was recorded when we were still called Browntown USA. So you'll hear us addressing the podcast as BTU. But it's Global Daisies now. And to find out the reason, you know, we talked about it in a previous episode. But, you know, Nidhi, we should probably talk about it again in one of our future episodes. So refresher for our new listeners. But uh, are you all ready? Bhavan, please play the interview and... Uh, what we have also done is divided this interview into two parts. Let's go after part one. Masters in their field. World-class chefs with extreme confidence and incomparable skill. Our guest today is the recipient of the prestigious James Beard Award of Excellence. Judge on Food Network's hit show Chop. Curator of multiple restaurants and author a mom of two adorable kids, Shagun and Karma, so basically a woman who wears multiple hats with aplomb. In doing our research, we were impressed by her tenacity, her ability to take challenges and turn them into opportunities, and living her life following the mantra of nothing ventured, nothing gained. If 
you have any interest in cooking or even eating for that matter, you've probably already guessed a long time back who we are talking about. It's our absolute honor to have this trailblazer, a woman synonymous with Indian cooking in America and our all-time favorite chef, Manit Johan. Hi, Manit. Welcome to... Hi! <laughs> Thank you so much. You're doing such wonders for my ego. You just, you just guys, continue, continue singing, singing praises. This is amazing for me. Hey. Wonders for my ego. Each one truly deserves. It comes from heart, and we mean every word of it. So thank you so much for being on our show. It's completely my pleasure. All right, let's get started. So Manit, I loved your story of growing up in Ranchi, which is such a big education town, right? And where most kids were told to become either a doctor or an engineer. You, on the other hand, followed your passion and your mom's advice to do whatever you want to, but just be the best at it. So let's start by hearing from you about your journey from a little girl in Ranchi to building this food empire here in the U.S. and some of your top learnings along the way. You know, it was um, growing up in India was, I think, um, an amazing experience because I always say that the foundation was established over there. It pretty much started from me being, you know, a kid and I would finish dinner at home and then I would go to my neighbor's house and, and tell them that auntie, mom hasn't given me dinner to eat so can I eat with you? And that's <laughs> literally where the obsession with food started. Like even as I, uh, yeah, and growing up in Ranchi, you know, dad worked for Steel Authority of India Limited. So the, the colony that we lived in had people from all over India. And as you know, India is each and every, um, you know, state, each and every region in India has a very distinct cuisine of its own. Right. So once I would have, you know, uh, like Punjabi alu paranthas at home, I would go to my neighbor's house who were from Andhra and have the most amazing like gongura chicken or like my mouth is watering just thinking about those memories. Or we had neighbors from Maharashtra, from Bengal, and I would literally sit in the kitchen and learn from these aunties about different ingredients and different techniques which were not used in at home, right? And mm -hmm. I just would be so fascinated. So food always was an obsession. And then mm -hmm. uh, over the years, my uh, my sister, uh, uh, when she went to college, every time I would go to meet her, I would taste food. And suddenly I realized I was the most popular kid on campus and I didn't even go to school there. And that was my <laughs> aha moment that, you know what? Why don't I do something which I love doing and people love me for it? Like, this is a no-brainer. So, yeah, yeah, my parents were very, very supportive, um, even though there were a lot of, you know, uncles and aunties who made it a point to come home and say that she's not that nalayak. If she studies hard, she can still be a doctor or an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, you know, back off. Whatever she wants to do, let her do. And that's what they told me. They're like, you you just have to be the best at, at what you do. And that's something that I held very close to my heart because that was the trust that was, you know, given to me. So uh, from Ranchi, uh, I applied to three of the best hotel administration schools in India because at that mm -hmm. time, you couldn't just do culinary. You had to do the entire hotel management aspect of it and then specialize in culinary. So um, I got accepted in uh, all the three colleges I applied for, and then I decided to go with Welcome Group Graduate School of Hotel Administration Workshop in Manipal. Wow. 
amazing. It was just such an amazing experience because I I made sure that I did my um, uh, externships in you know Taj and Oberoi's, um, some of uh, Meridian, some of the best hotels in India because that's where the best restaurants were at that time. And such a strong foundation. I mean, they were more often not, than not, you know, times that I would walk into the kitchen, uh, which wasn't a very desirable, um, you know, career path. People would either be front of the house or service or sales. And over here, I'm like, oh, I want to go in the kitchen. And um, there, there was, you know, the full bone, you know, blown hazing where people, uh-huh. people would tell me, they're like, but uh, how old are you? You're, you, you are like 18. Shouldn't you be married by now? Aren't your parents concerned about you? <laughs> you know how it is. Like, you know, in, in a yeah. 70 man and you're the only girl over there. Mm-hmm. And, and the first time I would hear, the second time I would hear, the third time I would turn and say, Ki, you know, and as soon as he oh, answers back, uh, so she's too smart for her own good, right? So, so there mm-hmm. was a open situation. But I think I think that made me stronger. And uh, and again, um, I remember in my final year at uh, Manipal, I went to my chef instructor, uh, Chef Sarakin, and I asked him, but which is the best culinary school in the world to go to? And without even batting an eyelid, he said the CIA, the Culinary Institute of America. So that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I turned my focus on that and I applied and I got admission and I came um, to the CIA. So I graduated CIA, top of my class, uh, everything amazing. Uh, you know, uh, in college they used to call me Andrew Cutlet because I was involved in everything and that's what I continued at CIA. And mm-hmm. at, uh, um, but reality really stuck in uh, at the graduation. At CIA, because even though mm-hmm. I had backed each and every award, this industry was so um, it was so not used to sponsoring paperwork that I had mm-hmm. a very tough time. I had a lot of job offers, but as soon as I would say that, "Can you do my paperwork?" they would drop me like a hot potato. So at okay. that time, my my mafi, she uh, she and her husband, they, they were opening a Indian restaurant in South Jersey. And they were like, you know, if you want to go, come over and take this over, we'd be more than happy, you know, to help you in whatever way possible. And that's what I did. So it was the most amazing experience because that gave me a perception and a great insight on people's perception of Indian food in America. Mm-hmm. So, so that was fantastic. And then, uh, you know, a couple of years down, I headed over to Chicago. I worked in Chicago uh, as an executive chef uh, at a restaurant called Vermillion. And then they opened an outpost in New York. And around at that time, uh, I did, uh, you know, Iron Chef, Next Iron Chef, Chopped. And mm-hmm. also, um, you know, I was expecting my first kid you know, uh, my daughter. And once I had my daughter, that was the time that I made a decision that I needed to do something entrepreneurial. Um, Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, instead of taking a step back, I'm like, ah, I'm going to take, you know, 10 steps forward. So, so that's what I did. And um, my husband, Vivek, um, and I, we did our undergrad in Manipal together. We knew of each other, but we reconnected. So we understand each other's passion and craziness to be in this uh, industry. And both of us, we are business partners and life partners. And yeah, and now we are in Nashville doing what we are doing. 
That's amazing. And everything about the journey that you've said is so impressive and inspiring, Mani. But my favorite part is, and two cutlets, and two ladka hai kya nazar mein. It just your personality so well. But definitely your journey, Indian girl fighting all odds, and the odds include the Punjabi uncle aunties as well. But working her way up, proving everybody wrong. So tell me this, Manit. As you said, that shock happened after I think you moved to New York from Chicago. I have always been very curious about one thing: the mystery basket in shock. Do you, as a judge or any other judges, have any say in it? So uh, there is an entire culinary department that is responsible for coming up with these baskets. So these baskets, uh-huh. like the ingredients in the baskets, are actually not just random ingredients. They are uh-huh. carefully thought of. Uh, uh-huh. The culinary department does come up with a list of different options. They also go ahead and make these options to make sure that these are viable. Uh, you know, like these are not like four random ingredients. They seem random, but they're very carefully thought of. Um, we as judges and again we are family now it's it's a team so any time we go out and i know that like when i was in if i go to a store and i see some ingredient which i've never seen before i immediately take a photograph and send it to our culinary um, you know uh, the culinary producer uh, i'm like hey sara have you seen this you've got to try, try, check this out or yeah. um, or, or they are constantly asking us questions that hey manish uh there is this this indian ingredient called um asafoetida what do you think about it or how can that be used right so it uh-huh. is or is it even possible for people to use it so uh, so there is um the culinary team is directly responsible for making the baskets uh if uh-huh. we have uh, feedback there's always an open conversation um uh-huh. but we are not responsible for coming up with a basket ingredient gotcha but i have seen things like chicken feet and rocky mountain oysters and what not as the ingredients have you ever been like you i can't even eat it to save my life how do i judge has that moment ever happened not really not really i've always been a very adventurous eater in the sense like uh-huh. i i was it you know we went to uh, we went to peru and there you know the guinea pig over there is, is so popular or i I've had chicken feet. I've had Rocky Mountain oysters. I mean, it's a, it's a part of what I do. Uh, I don't okay. have to absolutely love what I am uh, eating, but I am absolutely up for trying everything. So yeah, I mean, there are times where I'm like, uh, okay, but I'll absolutely give it a shot. You know, you're a girl right after my heart because that's my philosophy in life. I'll give everything a try. Even when I was a little girl, I would travel around the world, and that's exactly how I. looked at food like okay i might not love it but i'll give it a shot so you know what makes me curious is like most indian chefs you started a restaurant with an indian fusion element right in your case a southern fusion which is like chauhan masala ale but unlike most chefs of indian origin you've eventually branched out into restaurants that do not have any indian element on its menu like tansu is pure asian and then mockingbird which is high end american diner so would love to hear from you your thought process of coming up with this decision 
I am a chef, right? And to me, the most exciting part is uh, global cuisine. It is what the world offers. I love going and trying food from all over the world. And I have been classically trained. So if I have to uh, go ahead and open a French restaurant, I could make some mean French food. When we came over here, we opened Johan Ailen Masala House. We started, you know, Nashville became home. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Vivek and I started looking around as to see what are, you know, what are the things missing in the culinary tapestry in Nashville? And one of the mm-hmm. biggest conversations would be Chinese food. So we're like, okay, let's go ahead and, and do this. So um, approaching these concepts more as a restaurant here, uh, as mm-hmm. opposed to a chef, and just the growth. I mean, in the end of the day, I, you know, I, I am a businesswoman, and that is what I am growing as. Mm, that makes sense. And when you were talking of Chauhan Ale and Masala House money, all I could think of is the shrimp and bread, and not the shrimp and bread, but like the upuma and the shrimp. <laughs> the blue like shrimp. Good. Yeah, and then the chicken, fried chicken with suji waffles. Those are like my two absolute, absolute favorites. Oh, thank like you. Every, everything you do is so unique, Manit. I have not had a chance to try, but the Japa Milk Chai Stout and the Saffron IPA at your brewery Mantra in Franklin, Tennessee, they sound so delicious. How do you oh, they are amazing. Them? Are they? Oh, my God. I'm, like, I'm dying to try them. But how did you decide to Yes. <laughs> how did you decide to come up, like, to start a brewery? So, basically, how it started was how most of our absolutely crazy ideas start and then and then we are crazy enough to uh, to dream them and bring them to fruition. So Vivek and I were one day over one glass of wine and beer too many. We were discussing, <laughs> this is before Chauhan Ale and Masala House opened, when we were discussing what, what our, the direction of our beverage uh, list would be. Um, uh-huh. And then when we started talking about, you know, Indian food and wine pairing, we realized that what most people do is they go ahead and their first instinct is, let's go ahead and pair Indian food with a Riesling or a Gavitsamin or something which is really sweet because Indian food is spicy. Right. But what you what you're doing is you are wine and beverage pairing is to enhance the flavors as opposed to drown the flavors, right? Mm-hmm. So we started talking and we were like, you know, growing up in India, our dads and uncles and stuff, they would have, you know, beers. King uh, Fisher. Like even Kingfisher, even when we were in yes. college and we would go to Bangalore, uh, you know, the pubs were so were so popular because of the beers. And we were like, why don't right. we do beers? So we were like, okay, maybe we should do a beer cocktail program, you know, things like micheladas and shandies. Right. And then we were like, why don't we just brew beers with spices? So that's how literally wow. how it started. And when we came to Nashville, we started looking, you know, for brewers to contract brew. And long story short, we met, uh, you know, Derek Morse, who is our, uh, you know, uh, partner at Mantra and crazy, crazy genius brewer. And we had these um, recipes because we were working with a friend in his garage coming up with homebrew recipes. And when we took the recipes and showed it to him, we were like, These are, this is what we're looking at. And he looked at it and smiled and said, cute. And he's like, ah, yeah, I'll take that over. And, and literally started um, brewing these amazing beers. And then uh, there was one day that Vivek and Derek were talking and Derek is like, you know, I want to open a brewery. And Vivek is like, so do I. And yeah, 
three years down. Mantra is doing amazingly. We've just started our second brewery, which is called Steel Barrel. We've also acquired 86 acres of land in Murphy's Borough, which is south of uh, Nashville, where we are starting our um, the largest brewery in Tennessee. will be set up over there. And we have partnered with MTSU, which is the Middle Tennessee State University, and we'll be a part of the fermentation program. So that's just a, yeah, a small snippet of what is happening right now. Wow, 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 wow. Look at the pipeline there. So I love the crazy in you, like you mentioned, and also the fact that the best ideas do come over a wine too many or a beer too many. So perfect. You know, Mani, you mentioned this briefly. Unlike most women who tend to let their careers take a backseat when they start a family, you have gone the exact opposite direction and looks like your career actually took off and grew by leaps and bounds after Shagun and Karma's birth. So how do you juggle and manage so well a successful career and family life? And what have you learned along the way that you can share with our listeners who might be contemplating starting a family? I love the fact that you said, how do you manage so well? I don't manage it so well. Nobody does. All I do is spend each and every day trying to keep my head above water. I mean, that's what it is. You know, that is the hard truth. That is what it is. And the one thing... Thank you for being so honest, though. It is. I mean, like, you know what? We as women constantly struggle with the fact of who should we give time to? who deserves the most amount of time and somewhere along the way we forget to give time to ourselves and I think that is a great disservice to ourselves. That's been kept aside. To me, to Shagun and Karma, what I do is their normal, right? Beautiful <laughs> name, by the way, Mani. Beautiful Thank name. you. Thank you so much. It is, um, it's their normal. They used to, it's normal to put on the TV and see mommy. It's normal for them to, um, you know, uh, to know that mommy is gone for a few days she ha- she goes to wor- work it's it's normal and it's not that I don't get tantrums at home like you know when I leave and they're like mommy I don't want you to go and and it kills me you know the guilt factor <laughs> is so overwhelming but you know that being said it is uh, I know that growing up my mom was one of the very few women who was working in our colony you know she was a principal mm-hmm. of a school and I don't I mean I'm, I'm sure to me I grew up thinking that it was normal to be a working parent. Like, I didn't see my life in the future any other way, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I, I never thought that in my mind there was an option that I could be married and I sit at home. It never was an option, right? And and, and that is what, like, you know, even with uh, Shagun and Kaima, whatever they grow up and, and decide to do, I want them to know that this is normal. If you want it all, you can have it all. It is. It's not. It's not a luxury. It is. It's just a possibility. So I push myself harder because I want the kids to know that you know what. If you want to, if you want to go to Lima and Peru and and eat your way through the country, or you know, you you go for four days to China and back, you can. And and it's 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 nothing. You know. It's a normal. I want them to see that that's a normal. So, so that's why I push myself even more. And then, um, knowing myself, I'm, I'm also not the kind of person who can 
like uh, vivek always pulls my leg he's like your multitasking is bhayankar he's like you're sitting <laughs> you're taking care of the kids you have the computer in front of you while you're doing some uh, you know uh, recipes or something there is cnn going in the background and you're on the phone talking to somebody and i'm like yeah that's me that's just me because if i have to do one thing at a time it is so boring <laughs> so so yeah i mean i think yeah i've got that like kind of screwed up personality and i love it so that's what it is <laughs> such an honest answer money and so much to learn i mean i don't have kids but i have a husband and he can be handful and i oh yeah that's when people ask me they're like how many kids do you have i'm like i'm like you know i'm sorry three and they have this look of horror on their face they're like how could you have forgotten your third kid i'm like no the third is a 42 year old like my husband that's 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 what i he's not thrilled about it but it's fine masters in their field world-class chefs with extreme confidence and incomparable skill wow what an inspiration manit is total rock star of a woman listeners this was the first part of the interview as we mentioned and we'll be releasing the second part very soon we had such a blast such a blast talking to our fellow punjabi manit and that we totally lost track of time and when we sat to edit we did not want to remove any part of her awesome conversation because everything she talks about is so interesting and so much fun and honestly so much to learn from too i agree i mean can't wait to share the second part of the interview with all of you but rituddi now it's time for your find of the week so anything you would like to share with the listeners yes 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 so let's share the book i'm currently reading i'm currently reading this book called pour your heart into it it's a business biography by howard schultz of starbucks fame and i'm about 3/4 uh, done and really i cannot recommend this one enough it's an easy breezy read and his story is inspirational and it gives you the why behind some of his you know controversial pro partners pro healthcare policies and his background his struggles and i'm so glad nidhi i picked this one up and i just can't wait to pass it on to ian who is already sneaking some pages and has claimed to read it next so what about you nidhi what would you recommend this time So now that you're talking about pro healthcare policies I actually just wanted to share a story and tell our listeners something. So I had a patient 63 year old perfect health admitted for fatigue long story short this patient was found to have stage 4 colon cancer oh my which basically means yeah colon cancer that had spread to other organs. He was so weak when he was diagnosed that he could not tolerate any available treatment. He went into multi-organ failure in the hospital. Okay, I'm missing a lot of details here of what happened and everything, but the message is clear. I want to bring out one thing that this guy, he was a non-smoker, never smoked his entire life, non-alcoholic, never drank. I had a very long conversation with his wife who told me that he exercised regularly, always watched what he ate, didn't even have like high blood pressure, no diabetes, nothing at all. But the only thing that this guy did not do was get a screening colonoscopy. Oh man, was he so you said he's over 50, so it's kind of standard to get it at that age, right? So yeah there is a chance that we might have been able to catch this early and treat it and he might have lived longer so 
let me repeat colon cancer screening guidelines. I think I did speak about it in one of the episodes. Rituji, as you are saying, the age used to be fifty, but American Cancer Society now says that forty-five years and up, go see your doctor for colon cancer screening. And a multitude of options are available. I mean, colonoscopy, sigmoidoscopy, and even fecal DNA testing, and so on. So go ask your PCP if you're forty-five years and above to guide you about. colon cancer screening and if you have a family history or if you have like some kind of inflammatory bowel disorder or any other risk factors you might actually need it earlier than the others so go discuss with your provider great great information nidhi and thank you so much for sharing that you know people take health in your hands i think as we shared in the in the first episode of the year there's nothing more important than your health Ask your PCP about age-appropriate screening for you. And on this note, let's end today's episode. And if you like the episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. It means a lot. Our Instagram page is Global Desis with a Z, and you can follow us there on Facebook. The same name, Global Desis Podcast. DM us on Insta and write to us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Love you all. Love you all, and do not forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Global Desi's podcast only for you. Now I like dollars, I like diamonds, I like stunning, I like shining, I like million dollar deals. Where's my pen, bitch? I'm signing. I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks. I like going to the jeweler. I put rocks all in my watch. I like sexes from my exes when they want a second chance.